Welcome to Women on the Line, one of Community Radio's national feminist current affairs programs, produced by women and gender diverse broadcasters at 3CR Community Radio in Melbourne on unceded Kulin lands and broadcasted nationally on the Community Radio Network. I'm your host, Senya. On today's show, we chat with Anna Weeks, an organiser from the Fossil Fuel Free Arts Northern Territory campaign. The Fossil Fuel Free Arts Northern Territory crew have been campaigning for the Darwin Arts Festival to break up their long-term partnership with Fossil Fuel Corporation Santos. Let's hear from Anna. Hi, I'm Anna Weeks. I'm a member of the Fossil Free Arts Collective and I'm sitting here on beautiful Larrakia land in Darwin, Northern Territory. Um, welcome to Women on the Line, Anna. So you recently launched a, ca- a campaign to um, basically break up Darwin Arts Festival from Santos. Could you give us an overview of um, yeah, the campaign itself? Yeah, so the campaign's actually been running for about seven years. Um, we took the pressure off during COVID, um, but in the last 12 months we started the Collective Fossil Free Arts um, but about seven years ago, we, we gave the Darwin Festival the very first sort of open letter indicating that the arts community um, uh, was struggling with the Santos sponsorship of the opening night. Yep, and so it started about seven years ago, you mentioned. Can you give us an overview of, like, what's happened in those seven years and how the campaign has unfolded? Yeah, so it started, so seven years ago, conversations within the arts community, of course longer than that, but really seven years ago, we were like, ooh, okay, this is enough, we've really got to address this uh, sponsorship. So Santos have sponsorshiped sponsored the opening night of the Darwin Festival for almost 30 years. So I think it was 25 years or something. It's a long sponsorship. Um, But, yeah, the unrest just got a little bit too much for our hearts and we were like, okay, we've got to do this. So uh, some artists penned an open letter, people signed on, and that was delivered to the festival. It sort of, you know, at that stage fell on deaf ears. And then a couple of years later um, there was another petition and at that stage, some uh, philanthropists had got together and had found the match funding for the uh, sponsorship. But again, we just at that stage didn't have a great access to the board to really get over the line what we needed to. And then, you know, we did take it easy through the COVID years because the arts and cultural sort of sector was, um, like so many other workers and workplaces, really under pressure. Um, and then really amped up since the last festival, which was in August last year and created the Collective Fossil Free Arts, created another open letter uh, of artists that we got 300 uh, signatures on. Uh, Also ran a national petition that got 4,000 signatures um, and worked, you know, and had, and just held the, worked really closely with the board, I guess. So we initiated meetings with the board from the, from the onset um, of this time around and uh, worked out what it was they needed from the campaign to get it over the line and then sort of really started to address those things. Yeah, so I'm for there might be listeners who don't understand the impact of Santos in the Northern Territory, 
Could you give us an overview of like what is their impact in the Northern Territory and I guess specifically Darwin Arts Festival? Um, I know that their programming includes a lot of First Nations people in the program. Could you talk about that kind of crossover? Yeah, so Santos is a big fossil fuel um, extraction company in the NT. Uh, at the, the the, the projects that they've got in the pipeline at the moment are a major fracking um, project down in the Beetaloo Basin, which is near Matarenka, which is, you know, if that goes ahead, it's massive destruction of uh, cultural lands and incredible, you know, natural beauty and water and resources that we need to live and survive um, environmentally and culturally. Uh, and they also were. They also have um, the go ahead, which is interesting, and I'll inform more uh, to do a pipeline, um, which runs through the Tiwi Islands, which sits just north of Darwin. Um, but just recently, the the Munapi people, who are traditional owners of the area where that pipeline was going to go through, took Santos to the to the federal court and. Um, on the, on the grounds that they weren't properly consulted and they won that case. So that project's actually ceased at the moment, um, which is amazing. You know, like they're a big company with a lot of financial resource and it was just a really great win for Munipi people. Um, yeah, so that I guess the, the projects that Santos have on the horizon um, and are, you know, imminent, the pipeline drilling had begun are drastically damaging to the environment, but also just massive carbon factories, like just incredible um, amounts of carbon added to the to the atmosphere that we haven't really got the means to offset. And what was the other question? Oh, and how, yeah, they fund the first, uh, Darwin Festival. Yeah, so Darwin Festival is an NT festival and we are, you know, the, the rich, uh, we've, we've got so lucky with so much First Nations art and culture um, expression around this area and the festival really showcases that, especially in that opening night. Um, and that, you know, in, in my mind, and I know we'll get to it in, in terms of art washing, is it's just that really strategic um, placement of branding so you know when Santos pays for that opening night they're, 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 they're getting a massive amount of brand recognition and uh, positive um, promotion through this incredible arts and cultural event um, which art washes their brand so it's, it's, it's very strategic what they choose to fund yeah, and I would really love to segue into art washing. Could you explain what art washing is? It's just that. So it's these major corporations um, who are doing major damage to our environment and who need to buy what we would call social licence. So they need the community to feel okay about what they're doing so that we forget about all the damage they're doing and using the arts is a really effective way of doing that. It's, a, it's, just, it's very similar to using sports and using other community activities. Um, so when, when a company like Santos 
sponsor the opening night, um, you know, the, the tens of thousand people that come to that see their name associated with this, you know, incredibly positive free community event. So it just sort of shifts the, the public psyche around these companies and you sort of, yeah, it's, it's very manipulative and it's very, very cheap advertising for these companies. On community radio around Australia, you were listening to Women on the Line. You were just listening to Anna Weeks, an organiser from the Fossil Fuel Free Arts Northern Territory crew, chat to us about the seven-year campaign to divest Darwin Arts Festival from their major sponsor, Santos. Let's continue to hear from Anna. I'm wondering what happens when these arts organisations divest away from big corporations like Santos. Um, but could there be further steps to, I guess, show solidarity with First Nations communities and issues that, I guess, stem also through the work that Santos is doing? For example, um, yeah, being on board for campaigns against 
um, gas fracking in the Bitterloo Basin. Definitely. I think we've got a massive responsibility. So this, this campaign was very much uh, led by traditional owners. So it's artists really standing with traditional owners that are fighting daily on their land to um, protect their country from this mass uh, destruction. So they, you know, this, this little, this action that we took um, to get Santos out of the Darwin Festival, so we are no longer responsible for giving Santos social licence, is only a, a tiny part of um, the, the story of stopping fossil fuel, any fossil fuel development now. So yeah, I think we've got a huge responsibility to stand with um, TOs on their country, but also in the townships that we live in and, you know, support them when they uh, are amplifying their voices, support them, um, yeah, make, support them get the story out. Um, yeah, sorry, I don't know if I answered that very well. Yeah, no, that, that seems really important. And also, I guess, because they've had such huge presence at Darwin Arts Festival in their branding and with audience as well. Um, did you find that through your campaign you were able to reach some of the people who do attend Darwin Arts Festival to be on board with your campaign? Yeah. It's a small community, um, Darwin. So we know the artists that are involved and we know the staff. So definitely the, the conversations you know, we, we really endeavoured to run a, a very collegial campaign because there, there's so many people that we love involved. Um, but also we couldn't um, sit by and let another festival go past where this sponsorship that makes real, the majority, like the, the will behind the change is overwhelmingly positive because that sponsorship makes people feel nasty like the majority of the NT community is against fracking and they, you know there's been NT government consultations that have shown that so yes we definitely had a close relationship with the Darwin Festival artists and staff um, I think their involvement post uh, more the artists and the staff but their involvement post the festival uh, definitely in the campaign definitely increased because during the festival, they've got quite a um, significant gag clause or non-disparagement clause in the contracts that means that artists and anyone contracted can't speak out at all against um, their sponsors. Mm. Yeah, that's such a tricky one, especially if you're balancing as an artist, like we know the sometimes it's gig to gig. <laughs> um, situation of getting paid for um for creating work and performance so that balance of yeah wanting to be involved in the festival and and then also the conflict in interest i imagine would be quite difficult yeah it's super difficult and that's why you know it's this campaign was really run from inside of the arts community um so we never called for a boycott we avoided massive disruption of the festival events. Um, we were very conscious that we didn't want to create a toxic relationship between artists and the festival. We wanted to create a conscious one where we can actually speak out about what 
what how our arts and cultural activity enable uh, these these massive projects yeah it sounds like um yeah the relationship building was really important especially with the artists who are involved in um the darwin arts festival and the community there are there other steps that you took to uh i guess care for that kind of relationship and um outside of stepping into like boycotting or disrupting the the festival in those other ways you mentioned yeah so at the end of last not this one but the festival before um, I approached the director the festival CEO and said oh, you know I, I share the concerns of the rest of the arts community about the the sponsorship sponsorship of the festival and the and the direction that it seems to be going in because it just seemed to be appear, uh, increasing the fossil fuel sponsorship um, and then, you know, had that conversation again at the start of this year and at that point let the CEO know that, you know, again requested, it's like, are you in a position to drop this sponsorship? No, we're not. Okay. Let them know then that we will run a campaign um, and then just sort of worked work to keep dialogue open um, and then just made sure, before we went very public, we had conversations with as many of uh, the local artists that play a big role in the festival um, to make sure that the narrative was understood that this wasn't targeting artists. This is this is targeting those major companies and industries that use the arts. Um, yeah, so a lot of conversations. We tried to be slow and we tried to have a lot of conversations. I don't think we did it all. We, there's always more to do. It's a you know voluntary run campaign, but. Um, yet we did try to hold our community close. Mm. Thanks, Anna. Um, so wondering what are the challenges of transitioning to cleaner energy? Like what kind of resources um, through this process of campaigning have you noticed that is needed for, I guess there's like a few levels, like for communities and then organisations and then yeah, moving towards partnerships with clean energy companies? Um... My biggest question is, why is breaking up with a large corporation so difficult? Oh, totally. Um, because these relationships are so entwined. Like, we've just got this addiction to fossil fuels and gas that, like, our mind, the Australian mindset really struggles to um, see through. So I guess the Darwin Festival Board is like that also, and, and they also have... You know, they've got member, members of the board who've worked in the fossil fuel industry in the past. A member of their board has, been, has worked for Santos. So it's this like, I think there's, there's relationships entangled in it. So I think we're, we're all kind of brainwashed that these big companies, we need them for economic growth. We need the gas, which we, we're not getting any of this gas. It all gets exported. Um, and they're the only ones that have the money to pay for, you know, these kinds of sponsorship deals, which we kind of just disproved really rapidly. So it was 100000 which kind of sounds like a lot, but also that Darwin Festival is a big budget production. So 100000 for the naming rights of the opening ceremony, it's not that much money. So really what we worked closely with Original Power, which is a First Nations-led renew renewable energy 
organisation um, amidst other things. And they, they just they gave the call out to their sponsors and their sponsors are people that want to, their philanthropists are people that want to sponsor arts and culture and climate action. And it actually, like seriously, it took them 18 hours. So they put the word out. They did break it down. So it was a, it was a um, cohort of philanthropists that they reached out to. They got they attracted the money very quickly. So that's amazing. Yeah, that's great. It was incredible. <laughs> like it was so incredible, and it was really for us. It was just making sure we had that box ticked too, because you know when we get on the media or when we talk to the festival board, they go. You know, they go, well, we don't think that people really agree with you. And then we showed them that with our letter, our open letter and our petitions. We're like, yeah, people do. Okay, we're not the only ones saying this. Okay, so that's ticked. And then, and then you know, they're like, well, we don't have the alternative funding. So anyway, we found the alternative funding. Um, that funding does have some requirements, just like the Santos funding did. Um, it requires that the festival transition away from all fossil fuels, adopt an ethical mm. sponsorship framework, and that they hand the naming of that opening night, the rights over to the traditional owners, the Larrakia people. Mm. That's huge. Is that part of what um, you won? So can you tell us more about this meeting that you had? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that, so that offer was made to the festival. So this alternative funder off funding offer was made to the festival. Um, and then we followed it up a week later with a meeting with the board, which had been arranged for months since before the festival. Um, and, and just as we were going into that meeting, um, we found out that Santos had uh, pulled sponsorship from the festival. Um, they, they said, well, we saw in the media statements that the festival had received alternative funding and they were no longer needed. Um, we also understand that really the, the role of the festival was to make the company look good. Um, and with this massive unrest, uh, the, the social licence had been destroyed. So they weren't getting what, from the festival what they needed to get anymore. So as we're going into this meeting with the festival, we found out uh, that Santos had pulled out. Um, and so it was just a really, it meant that it was a great opportunity for us to go. Santos is... Yes, it's a big part because the projects that they're doing are super damaging, but also there's all these other things we need to look at, which is the ethical sponsorship framework, the other fossil fuel investment in the festival, and then and the naming rights of that opening night. So yeah, it was yeah, it was a timely piece of information and we were a bit elated, but we were also like at that stage weren't aware if the festival were gonna take the alternative funding offer. Wow. So um, these will all become in effect for the next year's festival. Yeah, yeah. If, if, if you know, yeah, if they if they take it up. Really, now the ball is in the festival's court. They, they'll work with the philanthropists, um, but they've actually, like, we've done a lot of work to get it to this point. They also need to step up. Like, I would have just loved if they were the ones that had said no to Santos because our community doesn't want it anymore, but they, they didn't. I think they missed a really exciting opportunity to show the Darwin community that they do care what they think, especially the arts community. Um, but yeah, you know, the ball's in their court. They've got a really exciting opportunity. Fossil fuel sponsorship, like it's just like dropping like flies everywhere from sports and from arts. Like it's just that beautiful tipping point like tobacco sponsorship. It's like, run, get out of there. It has really ramped up in the couple of years, I've noticed. Um... I guess this isn't fossil fuel related, but I'm thinking of the NGV's divestment from Wilson Security. 
and uh, that happened in 2018, 2016, 2018. And yeah, I think we need to see definitely more organisations divesting from. Yeah, that's right. It's so, because, yeah, just understanding, like it is hard because these sectors are under-resourced, so it's really difficult for us not to think that we need to take all the money that we can get just to get by. But also just valuing what we do have, like there's a reason why they want to throw a few hundred thousand at us. It's because what we're making is so important and what we're doing is so important. So it's sort of just removing that scarcity lens and going, we're very valuable, we've got a lot of power, let's use it and let's be responsible, let's not leverage these companies. And get these com- work on getting these companies to pay some taxes and then we could fund these sectors properly. Yes, that's something that I noticed in one of Alex Kelly's article about how I didn't realise um, the tax exemptions that these large organisations have and and how that money could be pulled back into the arts. Um, it's amazing. Or community. That's right. Yeah. They could just and, and then, you know, they you know, that's a they're, they're democratically elected people that we've decided can make decisions on our behalf. They're the people then making the decisions how that money's spent, not these major companies that throw a little bit of cash at things and get a whole lot of kudos. So I guess what's next for the campaign? Are you imagining like you'll, yeah, I'd love to hear more about where you would go yeah. with, with this campaign. Well, well, we've got an amazing groundswell, so we'll maintain, I guess, the uh, the collective of artists that want to examine um, climate action in the arts and culture area. Um, We will continue to nurture that, really understand what our role is, um, whether that's divestment, but also what works we're creating, how we're promoting it, um, how we stand with First Nations communities fighting these major projects. Um, We also want to, so since we've requested the Darwin Festival develop an ethical sponsorship framework, um, there's a lot of arts festivals and organisations that would also like uh, to adopt these things. So we want to create some really good resources that then we can share with our community as well. Um, And just keep the conversation alive, like keep keep it ticking over because, yeah, it's just, we've just got to keep it moving. Like we've got to throw everything at, the climate emergency and as arts artists and arts workers this is this is our part to play and that's all for women on the line today you've just heard us chat with anna weeks an organizer from the fossil fuel free arts northern territory crew chat to us about the recent winning campaign to divest darwin arts festival from their major sponsor santos Thanks to the Community Broadcasting Foundation for their financial support. The theme music for Women on the Line is by Ripley Cavara. And the song featured on today's episode was Diana from the Ripple Effect Band. I'm Senya, and tune in to Women on the Line next week on your local community radio station. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.